Hello, listener. A real quick thing. When I recorded this, our cicadas were making a lot of noise. And so whenever either one of us talks, you can kind of hear cicadas jumping in through the expander. So sorry about that, but it's still a great interview. So here we go. It was the second to last song, and I broke a string on my guitar. And then I had a backup guitar. I thought it had that far. And then as soon as I started playing the song, another string broke on my backup guitar. Champagne is also a band podcast. Today, I have Kurt Bielema, and you may know Kurt from such bands as Angie Heaton and the Gentle Tamers, June and the Exit Wounds, and Marty, <laughs> I should have asked, Marty Mit- Mitigo? No, it's Marty Might Go. Might- Marty Metco? Marty Might Go. <laughs> Marty Might Go. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I'm so glad we, that I, we played, I should have asked. We played shows. At least one show that I remember at Mabel's. We played a lot in the basement, then eventually we branched out and had, I think, one show. Kurt, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sven. It's great to be here. Today we're going to be listening to your song, Loving Revival, mm-hmm. off of the album Space, which is set to be released on August 22nd. That's correct. Without further ado, mm-hmm. let's listen to the song.
last dance like the B-side All the words you never got to say Welcome back. So, mm-hmm. Kurt, my first and favorite question to always ask is, what came first, the lyrics or the music? I think the music in this one came first. And then I kind of mumbled over top of it for a while until a theme started appearing. And then I just continued to write it. It was an acoustic tune. And I actually recorded it as an acoustic tune first. But at the same time... I was kind of exploring Logic, the recording software, and I was exploring this technology, artificial intelligence of the drummer. They have all these like different drummer settings. I wasn't doing it very seriously at all, but then things started working and things started sounding better. This song was really only imagined to be an acoustic song. And I think you can hear the acoustic pretty much throughout. As I was getting the, I guess, the beat down underneath it, I started having all these other ideas, like uh-huh. how to, to make it more interesting. Because I guess maybe I was a little bit in a rut of making acoustic music that, you know, sounds a certain way. Like I've just done a lot of songs that sort of sound sort of in the same ballpark. And I really wanted to break out sonically. And that's pretty much what I did. I, I just had it in the back of my mind that it needed some, some different element and yeah. that, that element was that arpeggiated like keyboard. Let's talk about that. How did that come into being? Was part of that actually the programmed arpeggio in in it? Or did you did you actually like well, I program? Figured, no, I didn't program the individual things. Okay. I just spent a little time like learning the chords of the song on the keyboard. And then I kind of created my own complementary versions that went along with the guitar chords. And then I just thought of that Who song that... Uh, Right, uh, Barbara O'Reilly, yeah. whatever. <laughs> I don't know why that popped in my head, and I was like, yeah. I'm going to try, I arpeggiated something. And really, it took me maybe 10 minutes, because I just recorded with the chords, and the arpeggiator did the rest, just with a little tweaking. It probably took maybe 15 minutes for that part okay. of the song. And then the drums came next, the really the motoric beat, which is uh, throughout it, the dun 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 yeah Uh, that came next and yeah and then it was a whole bunch of guitars my question is why g flat why the key of g flat (laughs) i was like wait what what's going (laughs) well it's it's done in drop d tuning they move the capo around a lot it it really depends on the register i'm singing in and what feels best it's just like this internal like okay that feels best 
no real reason behind it. No, oh, I, I, I've I've played the uh, what do you call it the 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 capo slide where it's just like you know that 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 one part where I try to sing this one note is just mm-hmm. a little too high. Exactly. What if I just to bring it down just a half step, and then by the end you're like, wait, is this what is this is like Q sharp major? I mm-hmm. don't know why. Did it originally start in G flat? Yeah, the acoustic version is that. It's always, it's kind of always been that difficult part for me is after I do something like that, I put a song in this sort of not a traditional key, then I have to figure out other guitar parts and that can be a little frustrating. But again, I always view music as more, it's not a destination, it's a journey, I'm like working on things until I get them to the right place. You said that you kind of mumbled through some words for a while. So when did you start developing a theme or or what your words were going to be did you know what what the general idea was going to be or did you just start writing now i always like to reverse engineer my my things to give them sort of this grand plan that i had which i really didn't have but really the song like references another song in a couple different ways and that song is pictures of you by the cure it wasn't intended to but it kind of helped establish some of the lyrical themes that i that i do I did think of it layering the same way with the long introduction as Pictures of You does, where they've got kind of a droning sound at the beginning. Yeah. And then there's the secondary guitar that actually like redefines the chords mm-hmm. that you're thinking about. And I, I, I thought that you layered upon it in much the same way. I, I don't, it sounds like, as you said, it wasn't necessarily intentional, but it... No, but it did add... You know, that song has a, a unique element, and that is the wind chimes. And I did add wind chimes to mind. <laughs> you know what's really funny is that, like, just before you pulled up, I was listening to it again, and I was like, wait, what is that? And it's not these uh, these cicadas in the background that you might be able mm-hmm. to hear, uh, but it was actually, uh, I it's like little tinkling kind of sound going it's in wind there. chimes, yeah. There was another part where at, at the end of your line that of, of our loving survival, I ca- almost call it like the thin Lizzie kind of, um, you're, you're doing some, not parallel, but you're, you're doing like some harmonies between two guitars, which reminds me of this very thin Lizzie type thing. My last albums that I've worked on, I really wanted to just keep it simple and just an acoustic guitar, not a lot of embellishment, but this one I kind of didn't care and i love guitar albums i love harmony guitar i love distorted guitar so mm. there that's i mean thin lizzie but i mean there's countless other like classic rock bands i think i'm referencing throughout yeah. the album the other one that that pops into my head that reminds me so much is is kind of this led zeppelin rain song sound that you have at the end of can it really be snowing today mm-hmm. I, I it's just um there's just that slight I don't know, the same kind of way that they have that, um, what is it, it's like a desuspended in there. It just made me think of that when you're you're doing that. Um, so I guess let's just kind of talk about how you uh, put these elements together because I felt like you practiced really, you practiced very good restraint on, you have some wonderful parts that are so beautiful and flourishing but i'm like if it were me i would want to just throw all those wonderful flourishes throughout the entire 
piece, mm-hmm. but I feel like you're very judicious with, you know, like, okay, this is the part where we emphasize that it's going to be more acoustic. There's going to be some very uh, delicate parts to it. And then the drums and the bass will come back in and, it, and it'll get your attention and revitalize your energy. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about how you constructed that, how you, how you formed those parts. Much like you, I throw everything into a song, like all those parts, because I don't know exactly where they're going to work. But then I, I'll start taking things out. I'll start omitting things until it sounds appropriate, I guess, to me, or it sounds like whatever I have in my head that I want it to sound like. I'm curious, what was the first line that you started writing lyrically for this? I can't remember exactly, but I remember the way I sang, hey, let's start a love and revival. That sort of stuck with me. And that was something that I started basing other things on. Keeping with the lyrics, was there a particular instance that this was referencing? I think I had watched this movie, or maybe it wasn't a movie, but it it just sort of reminds me, I sort of had in my mind, like, you know, a friend moving away, basically, when you're adolescent, and then you never see that person again. What an early, powerful memory that could be. I didn't have anything exactly specific to that happened to me, but it seemed like rich for themes and supporting lyrics. Not just pictures of you, because that kind of ties in with it too. That's all you have of this other person. You just have pictures. And so those things, I think, sort of connect. One may be earlier, one may be like a later stage. You seem to capture some things that I feel like fit into something I've experienced, you know, just kind of, I don't know why. Does everybody have the one friend that they go over to and hang out in their basement and like just listen to tunes or or like have like their own space but it's in a basement Mm -hmm. i wasn't the one that had the basement but i had a friend that had a basement so it it just spoke to me and made me think about you know those those times and i really struggled with that those first couple lines because i had a lot of different versions one talked about having a bible and a bottle and then this one of course is the black lights in the basement so just coming up with the right, I guess, pairing and trying to paint the right mental image is what I was really struggling with there. What was going through your head when you came up with the line of, let's start the loving revival? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you don't? Okay. You know, I just think like, what, a, what is a revival? It's like, you know, it's, it's a religious thing, right? It's like right. in a field somewhere and you all go there to this field and you have an experience. So I guess just a loving revival it just sort of cracked me up, and um, I thought it was a I good see. line. It's the title of the song, but you said that that was the th- the part that you enjoyed singing the most, and it kind of stuck. I guess I've had a few few times where I've written something, and it's just like because of me just singing, and the meh, 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 and then a word comes out, and mm-hmm. you're like, okay, and then what does that mean, and then how do you fill in the cracks around that? I was kind of like explaining the line before it about the kiss on the neck and how exactly that felt. It felt like 16 tons. And Hmm. then you want to start a loving revival. Heavy duty stuff. I didn't think about it as like a a teenage relationship that like a friend moves away. But maybe I even thought of it as more in like the, even in college or something like that. Mm -hmm. Because that's, that's another element of people from other parts kind of coming together in a weird way. And then... At, at the end of their tenure, so to speak, once they have their degree or if they decide they don't want to attend college anymore or that there's that, that odd splitting and then mm-hmm. they go back to all the corners of the world that they came from. 
one of the things that I like to do is say like what my favorite line is. There's like two parts, I guess, but this feels very hopeful. And then there's that kind of that change, like, can it really be snowing? And then when I play pictures of you, there's that like remembrance of, of looking back because now you have only the pictures of that person walking in the morning, black cat purring in the doorway. The music isn't necessarily heavy at that point, but I feel like you just drop this big ball of foreboding. Um, And I don't know if that was intentional, but I I feel like you're leaving, you're leaving with that. Like, how do I say it? Like the palate cleansing sour where it's just like, there's this kind of, that's um, kind of the start. You started a loving revival. This is sort of the 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 come down, the uh, the other side of it. When something reminds you of something that's not necessarily a nice memory. And then I learned that life is cruel and love unkind. You're going to miss me, like you said you would for good. I work hard on these songs, and but I never really know if it's making sense to anyone but me. So it's nice to hear you try to to parse. try to put the pieces together. <laughs> put, Put the pictures back together. Yeah. So I guess what what is your favorite part of this song? I like about the first like minute or so. <laughs> well, that, isn't that isn't that where, where you don't sing? Because yeah. I I did write that down. I'm like no, it's one just, minute nine seconds of uh, instrumental getting into it. I really like how it all comes together. How the, how the disparate parts. It kind of reminds me of a U2 song. I could see that. I mean, I like I like the, all the parts. Oh. You know, <laughs> uh, no. I was just curious. There's uh, like I didn't know if there was a one line or something that you that really speaks to you that still gives you chills. I think probably you're gonna miss me, like you said you would. I think that's a good line. Why did you pick this one as your favorite song to talk about? It kind of was the first domino to fall. Uh, this whole process of making an album that was the first one that really felt good. And it just kind of led to the next one, then it led to the next one, the next one, the next one. I kind of like had this process of just getting the song arranged and everything sort of where it needed to be in the program that I could just start building layers and thinking really strongly about how long this section is going to go and should there be an instrumental section here. I think I always said yes for most of the album, (laughs) (laughs) which which you'll probably hear at some point. I think about what music, what I would say best describes my writing style and i really think it's pink floyd they're psychedelic but they can be sort of hard they can be incredibly melodic too incredibly melodic like yeah david gilmore i mean he's a great guitar player and that was just like like the music i used to play like i i wasn't really into the cure i mean i like that song but i was really into like prog rock and bands like that i must say i when when i first i i know i'm i'm kind of breaking with my format here a little bit but Honestly, when you sent me the link to listen to this song, I did not expect to hear this arpeggio. <laughs> I, I I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Well, yeah, because you know my other stuff. Right. It's right. not like that at all. I think that this is, you know, you you nail like all these different electric guitar sounds. Like you've got this really kind of slightly crunchy but very tube ampy kind of guitar that comes in um as like that that initial like g flat pedal that Mm -hmm. that's supposed to set the set the i don't know the bass because at first it's the arpeggio always makes me think of it's very uh 
you know, coming in out of the mist. And maybe that's, I've just seen enough uh, <laughs> rock and roll videos where there's like the, and then, you know, it's, you know, these long haired guys coming out of the, oh, of the mist. <laughs> that, that could, that's a good idea for a video. <laughs> yes. So I'm curious because I haven't listened to the rest of the album mm-hmm. is, is this kind of the overall arching sound that we're going, that we can expect from the whole album space? Yes and no. Okay. There's a lot of what you're talking about, sort of those harmony guitar lines. There's a lot of that going on. There's a lot of like finger pick guitar, which is in this one too. There's no more arpeggiated keyboards, but there is other synth, you know, sounds. Yeah, I'm really excited to release it. It, it filled up basically 2020 with purpose outside of work and family. And it was nice, oh, to, wow. nice to have that brain space to work on it. And so I just had a lot of time to explore exactly what I wanted. All these songs like predate like 2020. Um, I had written them a couple of years or, or so ago. Yeah, some are even older than that. But I never really took them this far. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Exile on Main Street. Exile on Main Street, located in the old train station building at 100 North Chestnut Street in downtown Champaign, has been helping to build record collections since 2004. Carrying a wide array of new and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile on Main Street has something for just about any music enthusiast and old school gaming devotee. Exile also hosts regular free live music shows on its stage, so be sure to check out their Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for the up-to-date details on the next upcoming event. Open seven days a week. They can be reached by phone at 217-398-MAIN. That's 217-398-6246. Welcome back. Kurt, I'm just curious. Do you have a favorite venue in Champaign-Urbana? I love yeah. that. I love what the Rose Bowl is doing. I mean, concurrently, if I say historically, the one I really liked isn't there anymore. But currently, it's definitely the Rose Bowl. I wish I had more time to go to some of the other stages or venues, but they're just, for me, feels right to be there. You mentioned a a venue that's no longer there. Let's kind of talk about that. Which venue is that? Uh, well, it was the stage at the Blind Pig, which was gotcha. downtown Champaign, which is now Cowboy Monkey. It was just like a really tight, nice stage, and it had a really good sound, and just had a lot of good shows there. Gotcha. And that was before it was actually Cowboy Monkey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When it was Blind Pig. Gotcha. Most people will recognize that from, you know, a, uh, you know, American football album. There's a there's some live music played oh. from the Blind Pig mm-hmm. from that stage. So, uh, yeah, I saw a lot of great bands there. Um, so oh yeah, there. is there a favorite place that you like to play? Does my couch count <laughs> for other people? <laughs> I don't know. It's been so long. Speaking of playing for other people, and speaking of the Rose Bowl too, I'm going to bring those two together, and I'm playing at the Rose Bowl on august 31st and it's also going to be a record release show like we were talking about before i'll have some merch and i'll have uh cds for sale it's an early show so it'll probably be around 7 7 30 
those are the best kind of shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the early ones that I get to bed bed by, you know, 10. That'd be all right. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> sorry. That's uh, that's just how I roll these awesome. days. So, um when you do your will it be a full band that's supporting you or is it just Unfortunately, you? no. It will not be a full band. So, it'll be back to the acoustic stuff. But I think I might do some space karaoke and maybe play the songs just as they are through the speakers and take out the vocals and then just sing. Yeah, I think, and I think it would give people a lot uh, better idea of what the album sounds like. I am curious to hear what this song would sound like acoustic. So even if you ended up it being an acoustic one man, one mm-hmm. guitar kind of show, I think that would be awesome too. I mean, I've never seen you do a bad show, so... That's always a good thing. Oh, I've done bad shows. <laughs> Would you like to tell me about a bad show that you did? No, I, I can tell you about the worst <laughs> show I had in my, my life, which was an Angie Heat show at the Metro in Chicago. It was the second to last song, and I broke a string on my guitar. And then I had a backup guitar. I thought it had that far. And then as soon as I started playing the song, another string broke on my backup guitar. If I had been a little more confident, I guess, I would have just played through. I had to oh quickly gosh. change a string. But Angie, doll that she is, she sang that Janis Joplin song, Oh Lord, Won't You Buy Me, Mercedes Benz. Oh, man. At the Metro. It's funny that I had this memory because I haven't thought about it for a long time. And then if you know who Brian Crum is, he was another local musician. He started clapping. Like I could see him in the back of the room, like clapping as loud as he could. And then everyone started clapping, even though it gave me a stomach ache for, I don't know, a week. It turned out okay. Up to that point, the concert was going pretty well, oh, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I think it was. Sometimes when Angie would talk later about, you know, being so nervous on stage, mm-hmm. like it seemed, it seemed like that wasn't really a thing, or at least she covered it up so well, or I don't know whether it was one of those things where she just didn't think about it until after, but um, she was, uh, she always seemed so comfortable on mm-hmm. stage, and I could never. I, I don't I, I don't know. I, I could never do that and it, it just reminds me how remarkable she was. Yeah, uh, and she was so funny. She was so quick quick witted and funny on stage. I think uh, I you know what I think she said? What after I broke the true strings. She said, Don't worry, I won't quit my day job <laughs> <laughs> to the whole crowd. <laughs> I always think of you as a very seasoned and professional musician that it has everything together and to hear like sometimes you know just stuff happens it's easy for other musicians to think of themselves as not being able to cope and it's just like well you just deal with it you don't you know yeah you may think that you should see the room that i record in it's also the room that has been my home office and i have guitars on the wall it's about half this size i think of this room Uh, but the chords going everywhere it's it's chaotic and uh but that's just kind of the way I work best. It's just not worrying about where everything has to go, but just getting everything where it needs to go. As we get back out of the pandemic and back to live music mm-hmm. once again, I'd like us to think about as we venture back into more of a public or interactive scene, what makes a good music scene? What could Champagne do better? What does Champagne do well? And they need more venues, more places for people to play. You have Exile Main Street, which is lovely. It's mm-hmm. wonderful. I guess I mean Champaign-Urbana, that yeah. whole area too. But yeah, definitely more venues. I agree with that. Well, sure. the scene, I mean, it's really different than it was when I was 
a 20 something and i always felt like i wasn't really part of a scene Hmm. even though i probably was so i don't know how to advise but i think musicians love to play with other people generally and i think you have a lot of talented players you need people that want to sort of stick their neck out and create original music and you want people that feel that they have a voice but you also want to give them places that they can readily play you know to talk about the Rose Bowl again, because, well, that's the only place I go. I guess that's what all I can talk about. <laughs> I go to Exile yeah. Main Street, too. I do. I go to Exile. Yeah, I see, like, a really, really good group of people making music there. You know, they're, they're talented. They're good players. They want to do original music. I've seen, just seen some really amazing people play that are just like the people that live here. So I guess the other side is that is you need people that appreciate that kind of music, too. Appreciate people that make original music. Even in the midst of the current coronavirus pandemic, the Jubilee Cafe is continuing to serve packaged, home-cooked meals free to all every Monday evening, 5 to 6.30 p.m. Meals are available for pickup outside the 6th Street door to the Community United Church of Christ in Champaign, Illinois, 805 South 6th Street. Jubilee Cafe's mission remains the same. Feed hungry people by cooking healthy and delicious meals. We are open to anyone who cares to receive a meal. For information on the meal or how to volunteer, go to the Jubilee Cafe CUCC Facebook page or email us at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. Welcome back. So, Kurt, what is your favorite non-musical thing or things? Well, it's probably some of the other things I like to do with my time, which is photography. And along with that, it's graphic design. Yeah, music, art, and design. Music, photography, and design. My tripod, if you will. Which came first in the whole scheme of things? I was always the kid that uh, could draw in class, so I got asked to draw a lot of things. I took art classes in high school, and my mom, even though there wasn't a, a lot available, she found people living in our community that could give me other lessons, too, like over the summer months. So that's really what I did all through elementary and junior high. But I guess I got a guitar when I was 13. So high school, somewhere along the way, I added music as a creative pursuit. And then I went to college, and that's sort of, I got away from art, really, and just did music. Did you study music in? No, I just played jam bands. What did you study in college then? I was a journalism major with an emphasis on advertising. And then how did you get into graphic design? Uh, Well, that came about, like, my late 20s. I knew some people that were taking classes at Parkland, Paul Young, who, if you know who Paul Young is, he had an independent publication called The Octopus in town. I thought he was someone that would know, sort of, to help me get a job and something that I really wanted to do, which is design. So late 20s, it was right around the time that I recorded Let It Ride because I just got a computer for learning graphic design. And I got Photoshop on it, I got Illustrator on it, Adobe products, and then I got recording software called Cubase. That's what I used to record Angie's album. I guess photography is probably the newest one. And that's just something I started doing when I was working for myself as a freelance graphic designer. Everyone needed photos and I was like, I can figure that out. Have you always done digital? Yeah. When did you just pick up a 
camera or or had, like um i think i had a job that paid well enough for me to buy a dslr and then you know another freelance job i made enough to buy like a nice lens and it sort of just went from there i had small children i was taking pictures of them all the time when my kids were little that that was more of my creative pursuit was photography because i really wasn't playing music for about 10 years Wow. We had a guitar around, or it was my guitar. I would just play classic rock songs like Don't Fear the Reaper, Led Zeppelin songs. I know a ton of them. We just play those. So there was like a gap that you weren't like performing, writing. Mm-hmm. Again, that's also another thing that there was a time that I kind of put things down for a while and mm-hmm. didn't think about pursuing them because it was just like, oh, everything's just kind of passed me by. There's no point in like trying to jump back on that train because it's gone. But you know, it's just a matter of being willing to put in the time and just putting yourself back out there and just saying, it doesn't matter what pe- how people receive it, just get it out there. Kurt, thank you for being on the show. Mm-hmm. It's been great just chatting with you about... It has your, been. Yeah. Just, like I say, I, I love talking, getting nerdy about music. Just talking about your song Loving Revival mm-hmm. off of the upcoming, the uh, newly released album, Space, and uh, we'll be looking for your show at the Rose Bowl on August 31st. I appreciate you coming all the way out here mm-hmm. and uh, recording this episode with yeah, me. Yeah, I, so. I love um, the community I live in. That's some Urbana shit right there. Um, I love living in Urbana, the parks, so much about it. It's just a really beautiful community. I love being part of the music scene. Thank you for listening to Champagne is also a band podcast. This is Kurt Bielema reminding you, great music is out there. Go find it where you live. You almost have an NPR voice. It's so good. Today, I have curled... Uh, there it is.